It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour, global stocks slump and the dollar strengthens as financial conditions tighten. UK Prime Minister Liz Truss starts filling her cabinet and takes her first questions from Parliament. Apple prepares to unveil its latest iPhone. And California braces for potential blackouts. Former White House strategist Steve Bannon will surrender to face criminal charges in New York. And new guidance from the White House on COVID vaccines. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stanchow in sports. The Mets lost in Pittsburgh. Coco Goff and Nick Kyrgios both lost their quarterfinal matches last night at the U.S. Open. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up about 9 points, Dow futures up 46, and NASDAQ futures up 41. The DAX in Germany is down four-tenths of a percent, CAC in Paris down a third of a percent, and the FTSE 100 down six-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 12.30 seconds, yield 3.30 percent. They yield on the two-year 3.45 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 41 cents at $87.29 a barrel. COMEX gold is up a quarter percent or $4.30 at $17.17.20 an ounce. The euro, 0.9908 against the dollar. Nathan. No, Karen. Stocks in Europe are falling as the U.S. dollar continues its strong run. The Bloomberg dollar spot index hit another record overnight. That is leading to tighter financial conditions weighing on risk assets around the world. Janet Mui is head of market analysis at Bruin Dolphin. There is this disinflationary impact from strong U.S. dollar. There are other disinflationary impacts, for example, lower gasoline prices. So we do think that uh, inflation is more likely to peak and slow more rapidly compared to the other economies. Janet Mui with Bruin Dolphin says she still expects the Fed to increase interest rates at this month's meeting. 
Meantime, Nathan may get some insight from the Fed with the release of its beige book today. That comes at 2 p.m. Wall Street time, a day before we hear from Fed Chair Jay Powell. He speaks at the Cato Institute's Monetary Conference tomorrow. Tune in to Bloomberg Radio and Television for live coverage of his comments around 9 a.m. Eastern. Now turning overseas now, Karen, markets in Europe are feeling the pain of the stronger dollar. It comes at a precarious time for the U.K. New Prime Minister Liz Truss is filling her cabinet and working on solutions to address her country's cost-of-living crisis. Bloomberg Stephen Carroll joins us live from London with the latest. Morning, Stephen. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Liz Truss holding the first meeting of her new cabinet as we speak after a sweeping reshuffle that saw her supporters elevated to the top jobs. Quasi Quartang is the new Chancellor, while Jacob Rees-Mogg takes over as Business Secretary. Now, Truss faces the leader of the Opposition Labour Party in Parliament later as we await details of her package to tackle soaring energy costs. People familiar with the plan telling Bloomberg that it could see the government spending as much as £200 billion to cap prices. Prices, adding 10% to the UK's national debt. In London, I'm Stephen Carroll, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Stephen, thanks for the strong dollar weight on assets in Asia overnight. Stocks held at lows from May of 2020, while Asian currencies weakened sharply. And Bloomberg's Juliet Sally joins us from Singapore with the latest. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. In Japan, the yen sank 1%, with officials warning they're concerned about rapid one-sided moves. China, meanwhile, said its yuan reference rate with the strongest bias on record, a signal of discomfort with the swooning currency. South Korea's won was the worst-performing Asian currency, prompting speculation of intervention. The Kiwi and Singapore dollars fell to two-year lows. Adding to the downbeat sentiment, the latest China data showing the nation's export growth slowed more than expected in August, adding to signs of a flagging world economy. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thanks. Sticking with the end for a moment, the currency slumped to a level, leaving it on track for its worst year on record, and that is prompting signals from government officials that Japan would need to take action if the rapid one-sided moves continue. Bloomberg FX reporter Ruth Carson says at this point we could see government intervention. Policymakers haven't changed their language to indicate such a move could happen anytime soon. But look out for phrases like, we won't rule out any options to combat excessive movements or we're ready to take decisive, bold action to counter excessive or speculative moves. Bloomberg's Ruth Carson says the yen could get weaker still from here. And checking it right now, it's trading at 144.19 against the dollar. Well, let's move to corporate news now, Nathan, where all eyes are on Apple. The tech giant is holding a launch event today to unveil the new iPhone 14. New iPhones traditionally kick off a busy fall product season, which also includes new Macs, iPads, and Apple Watch models. The event kicks off at 1 p.m. Wall Street time and will bring you live updates from Cupertino throughout the day on Bloomberg Radio and Television. And we got more earnings on the way today, Karen. Popular meme stock GameStop is among companies out with results after the close. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has a pre- The analyst survey by Bloomberg see the video game retailer reporting an adjusted earnings per share loss of 34 cents on revenue of $1.27 billion. Analysts at Webbush say GameStop may trail consensus expectations, citing ongoing hardware constraints for gaming consoles. GameStop has been among the most popular retail trader favorites this year, but the stock for all of 2022 is down 32%. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Charlie, thanks. Well, it's shaping up to be another rough day in California. The state's electric grid will once again be tested after it narrowly avoided blackouts for two consecutive days. Blistering temperatures pushed electricity demand to record levels late yesterday that prompted California to enact its highest level of energy emergency. And much of the state remains under an excessive heat warning. Let's take a look at oil now, Karen. Crude is trading lower as the dollar surges and concern over global demand is also weighing on sentiment. WTI's off to a weak start to the month, extending a run of three monthly losses. That's its worst streak in more than two years. Checking prices now, WTI is up six-tenths percent, 49 cents higher now at $87.37 a barrel. Well, we're also watching cryptocurrencies this morning. Nathan, Bitcoin flirting with a test of this year's lows, following another sell-off that's pushed the sector's overall market value below $1 trillion. The largest digital token has shed more than 6% so far this week as surging real interest rates cut into risk assets. And checking Bitcoin right now, it's down about 1%. It's at $18,780. Futures moving higher this morning with S&P futures up almost 7 points. Dow futures up 28. NASDAQ futures Futures up 30. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street. We're at 66 degrees in Central Park. Got a crash eastbound 24 at Route 78 in Springfield. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. And former White House strategist Steve Bannon will surrender to face criminal charges in New York. Let's get more on the story from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Sources tell Bloomberg that Bannon has been indicted and will be charged by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Manhattan prosecutors were working early last year with New York Attorney General Letitia James, New York's top law enforcement officer, to gather information for a probe into whether Bannon defrauded contributors for the We Build the Wall. Bannon was charged with fraud in federal court in 2020 over the alleged scheme, leading to a pardon hours before Donald Trump left the White House. But Trump could not shield his former aide from the state-level probe. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. And we're hearing more surrounding the documents discovered at the former president's Florida state. The Washington Post reports a document FBI agents seized at Mar-a-Lago describes a foreign government's military defenses and nuclear capabilities. A development in the investigation into the alleged effort by some Trump supporters to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. Investigators say video shows a local Republican Party leader allegedly allowing two men into the Coffee County's election offices the day after the January 6th insurrection. It's also the same day authorities say the office's voting machines were breached. The Biden administration says COVID-19 vaccines will largely become an annual vaccination akin to the flu shot. Dr. Ashish Jha is the coronavirus response coordinator. We, the administration, will make sure that vaccines are free, that they're widely available, and they are easy to access for everybody. The administration urging Americans to seek out newly authorized booster shots tailored to fight the Omicron subvariants that are now dominant. About half of U.S. workers could be described as quiet quitters. This according to new research by Gallup. It means they fulfill their job description but are psychologically detached from their work. According to Gallup's survey of over 15,000 full and part-time U.S. workers, about half of respondents met the definition of quiet quitting. More evidence the pandemic has upended employees' priorities and companies' workplace policies. 
Global News 24 hours a day on air. And on Bloomberg Quick Take, we're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. So you turned your volume up on that story. Thank you, John. Almost 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. So much for this being the easy part of the Mets schedule. Back-to-back losses to lowly Washington. Then an 8-2 loss last night in Pittsburgh. Mets have just their second three-game losing streak of the season. The other came back in June. Taiwan Walker gave up four runs in five innings. The Pirates put it away with four runs in the eighth inning. Brandon Nimmo homered for the Mets, who drop into a first-place tie with Red Hot Atlanta. Mets and Pirates have a doubleheader today, making up Monday's rainout. And the Yankees and Twins have a twin bill in the Bronx to make up last night's rainout. Yanks just put Anthony Rizzo on their extremely crowded injured list. There are 15 names on it. Rizzo has missed time with a bad back. Now he's suffering from migraine headaches. Another late night at the U.S. Open. This one ended at 1 a.m. with Karen Kachanov winning the fifth set from Nick Kyrgios. She's devastated. Um, but all credit to Karen. He just—he's a fighter. He's and he's a warrior. You know, he's, he's, I thought he served really good today. Um, honestly, probably the best server I've played this tournament. To be honest, the way he was hitting his spots under pressure. A lot of new names emerging at this year's Open. Kachanov will now play Norway's Casper Ruud in an unlikely semifinal. Women's winners yesterday: Anz Jabir, who's from Tunisia, and last night Caroline Garcia took out Coco Goff. WNBA playoff wins for Connecticut, headed to a decisive Game Five with Chicago and Las Vegas has reached the finals, beating Seattle. The final game of the long career of Long Island native Sue Bird. Chicago Bears announced their intention to move to an indoor stadium in the suburbs, although not until 2034. John Stash. Our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. S&P futures right now up four points. Dow futures up 13. NASDAQ futures higher by 25 points. But European stocks continue their slide on a stronger dollar. We'll look at this market next with Bloomberg's Danny Berger. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, scattered showers, low 70s today. We'll clear out tomorrow, get into the upper 70s by Friday. We'll end the week with sunshine and a high near 80. Right now, cloudy, 66 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks and commodities are dropping as the prospect of aggressive Federal Reserve monetary tightening lifts the dollar gauge to another record. Meanwhile, U.S. stock index futures are a little changed now. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures or Dow futures, they're both little changed. NASDAQ futures are higher. They're up about 18 points. That's up almost two-tenths of a percent. The DAX in Germany is down seven-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 8.30 Yield 3.31%. The yield on the two-year, 3.46%. NYMEX crude oil is up half percent or 44 cents at $87.31 a barrel. COMEX gold is up two tenths percent or $3.30 at 17.16.10 an ounce. The euro at 0.9898 against the dollar. British pound 1.1487 and the yen 144.26. 
And looking at Bitcoin this morning, down 1.2% at $18,740. Today, we are watching for the trade balance out at 8.30 Wall Street time. Then at 2, the Federal Reserve releases its beige book. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen, former White House strategist Steve Bannon, will surrender to face criminal charges in New York tomorrow. California narrowly avoided blackouts for a second day. This comes even as dangerous temperatures push the electricity demand to a record. And Xi Jinping will meet his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, next week. It would mark the Chinese leader's first trip abroad in two and a half years. Sports last night, Mets lose to the Pirates. The Red Sox lost to the Rays. Orioles beat the Blue Jays. Nationals lost to the Cardinals. The A's fell to the Braves. Giants lost to the Dodgers and the Yankees game against the Twins. That was rained out to try to make that up today. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, John. Thanks. 619 now on Wall Street. Uh, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's take a look, though, at this market, a closer look with Danny Berger, Bloomberg television anchor and market correspondent for Bloomberg News. So the uh, story this morning, Danny, really does seem to be dollar strength, and we're watching it play out particularly uh, in European stocks. Yeah, I mean, dollar strength almost literally uh, against everything. I mean, whether you want to look at the euro, pound, Asian currencies, Asian currencies are doing so bad this morning. Um, and I, I think sort of the fall in stocks is just a reflection of of that type of environment where we're flowing into the haven of the dollar, where we're looking at a persistently tight Fed and one that's forcing other countries like the ECB tomorrow to tighten as well, along with this economic deterioration, both in Europe, which we've been talking about nonstop with the energy crisis and negative data out from China. So you combined a weak economic data with persistent strength from central banks and you get the ugliness and dollar strength that we're seeing today. Yeah, I was just talking with uh, Kid Jukes over at SockGen last hour, and he told me that he doesn't think we're going to see uh, much erosion to King Dollar until there's some kind of resolution to the energy crisis in Europe. So maybe dollar strength is going to be with us for a while yet. Yeah, the fundamentals really are still there. Um, I mean, look, you could say, okay, on a valuation level, this looks overstretched, but those sorts of things don't matter in times of crises. It can continue to go. I mean, what would the dollar deteriorate against? I'm, I'm looking at a yen that's at 144. Uh, it's unlikely there'll be any verbal intervention there because, uh, or there has been verbal intervention that's mm-hmm. been irrelevant. Uh, maybe they'll have a unilateral intervention, but that probably won't do much either. They, they need something of a coordinated effect. So I, I'm having a hard time seeing, you know, what could beat out the dollar in this environment right now. Yeah, and looking at the offshore yuan, the Chinese currency, Mm. flirting with that psychological seven handle as well, it makes you wonder whether we could see some kind of intervention, not just from the uh, People's Bank of China, but from the Bank of Japan. Yeah, certainly. So Bank of Japan last intervention, I believe, was when we were at this level 24 years ago. It was it was coordinated between the U.S. and Japan, and that's probably what we would need to see for any change. Um, the question, though, is how much longer can Japan afford to let this go on? To some degree, you know, a weaker currency does mean inflation is higher, and Japan is kind of rare in terms of a country that isn't dealing with outsized inflation. So 
perhaps intervention might not come as soon as many people think when they look at the level. But yeah, China, the yuan so close to seven. Um, it's clear that the PBOC is willing to let that weaken as much, but it, it, it just doesn't want to lose control. And I think that's clear uh, by the strong fixing we saw in it this morning. Now we've got uh, central bank decisions from the ECB first. Of course, we're waiting for the Fed's decision later on this month as well. And I guess the question now is whether the tightening of financial conditions that we're starting to see is going to have any impact on whether we continue to see really strong jumbo-sized rate hikes mm. from the central banks. Yeah, absolutely, because the type of environment it creates by really tight financial conditions or tightening in the U.S. is what we're talking about. It's a weak currency. So you look at someone uh, like the ECB, for example, they're looking at a weak currency. For them, that means more inflation, which they're trying to combat. And so what do you do? You hike rates more, and that's what the market is pricing in. We've got uh, 65 basis points is the implied rate at the moment, which means that there's a lot of folks betting on 75 from the ECB. And you have this toxic mix where Yes, this kind of chatter is sending yields higher. Usually that means a stronger currency, but this time it's not. So how much does the ECB need to hike to move rates higher to actually attract investors into Europe to send the euro higher? I mean, I realize a lot of this is sort of like I feel like I'm talking in circles a bit, Mm -hmm. but but it is. It's just – a Fed and a dollar that's giving everyone a headache. Only about 30 seconds left here, Danny, but I'm really curious to hear what analysts are telling you about whether we could see the June low tested. I mean, we got this note out from uh, Goldman Sachs this morning saying that the uh, uh, bottom might not have been uh, you know, reached at this point. Mm. I, I got to tell you, I'm just hearing a lot of doom and gloom. Everyone's worried, mm. not just about the economy, economy, but earnings as well at the second half of this year. Yeah. All right. Thank you for this, Danny. Really appreciate it. Danny Berger, our uh, markets correspondent, Bloomberg Television anchor with us this morning as uh, we watch markets uh, continue to react to this strong dollar futures, uh, seeing a little bit of traction this morning to the upside. Right now, S&P futures are up six points. Dow futures up 36. NASDAQ futures are higher by 31 points. But European equities are uh, still moving lower. we got the DAX in Germany down about a half percent. FTSE in London down six-tenths of one percent. Ten-year treasuries up 7.30 seconds for a yield of 3.32%. The yield on the two-year, 3.46%. Starting to see uh, crude uh, get a bid with uh, NYMEX crude right now up six-tenths percent to $87.43 a barrel. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Scattered showers today with highs in the low 70s. Clearing tomorrow, upper 70s for Thursday highs. By Friday, we could hit 80 under sunshine. Right now, it's cloudy and 66 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 2.83% to 3.83%. Their clients can also earn extra income by lending their fully paired shares of stock or fully paid shares of stock. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, stocks in Europe are falling as the U.S. dollar continues its strong run. The Bloomberg dollar spot index hit another record overnight, and that's leading to tighter financial conditions that are weighing on risk assets around the world. Janet Mui has had a market analysis at Bruin Dolphin. There are increasing signs that uh, countries are worried about the dollar strength. I think uh, government officials, they will have to come together to discuss what they may do about it, but maybe they don't actually have a lot of solutions. Janet Mui with Bruin Dolphin said the strong dollar could have a disinflationary effect on the U.S. economy, but she still expects the Fed to raise interest rates in September's meeting. And we get more insight from the Fed today, uh, Karen, with the release of the Beige Book at 2 p.m. Wall Street time. Tomorrow we hear from the chairman, Jay Powell. He speaks at the Cato Institute's Monetary Conference. Tune in to Bloomberg Radio and Television for live coverage of that tomorrow around 9 a.m. Eastern. Well, Nathan, the strong dollar weighed on assets in Asia overnight. Stocks held at lows from May of 2020, while Asian currencies weakened sharply. We're taking a close look at the yen in particular. It's on track for the worst year on record. That's prompting signals from government officials that Japan would need to take action if the rapid one-sided move continue. Ruth Carson is an FX reporter with Bloomberg News. At this stage, with the Bank of Japan clinging to its ultra-dovish monetary policy stance and the Fed hiking aggressively to fight inflation, there's little stopping it from hitting levels last seen in the early 1990s. Bloomberg's Ruth Carson says potential government intervention is on traders' minds at the moment. And checking the yen right now, it is at 144.49 against the dollar. And turning to corporate news, Karen, all eyes are on Apple. The tech giant holds an event today to unveil the new iPhone 14. New iPhones traditionally kick off a busy fall product season. The event kicks off 1 p.m. Wall Street time. We'll bring you live updates from Cupertino throughout the day on Bloomberg Radio and Television. And taking a look at oil now, Nathan. Concerns over global demand as weight on sentiment with crude off to a week start in September and checking prices right now. NYMEX crude oil is up six tenths of a percent of 52 cents at $87.40 a barrel. Brent is at $93.44. That's the five things you need to know to start your day brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street, 66 degrees in Central Park. We got two crashes on the eastbound Gowanus Expressway. Janelle Crispin will fill you in shortly. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Nathan, former White House strategist Steve Bannon, who was pardoned by Donald Trump on his last day as president, is going to surrender tomorrow to face state criminal charges in New York. Manhattan prosecutors have been probing whether Bannon defrauded contributors for We Build the Wall. That was the private sector effort to support Trump's 2016 campaign promise to construct a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. The president, former president's pardon doesn't shield Bannon from state charges. A threat by a major airline to suspend service at JFK. More on this report from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. 
United Airlines is threatening to suspend service at Kennedy unless federal regulators review runway use and allow the carrier to increase daily operations. United told employees in a memo about its plan, saying the airport's total flight capacity hasn't changed since 2008, despite a widening of runways and other infrastructure improvements. The airline, which has two daily flights between Los Angeles and JFK and two shuttling back and forth to San Francisco, said it would suspend operations at the end of October without more slots. Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. California narrowly avoided blackouts for a second successive day, even as blistering temperatures pushed electricity demand to a record and stretched the state's power grid close to its limits. Here's California Governor Gavin Newsom. California and many other western states are experiencing simply unprecedented temperatures. In fact, this heat wave is on track to be both the hottest and the longest on record for the state and many parts of the West for the month of September. Much of California remains under an excessive heat warning through Friday, with authorities already preparing for more severe pressure on the power system today. Bosses are expecting workers to finally start showing up more routinely at Manhattan offices than have been sparsely populated for more than two years. Big banks, including Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, have now removed the final hurdles for full-time in-person work and once again are reminding employees that they're wanted back in the office. The work-from-home culture has put New York's office landlords in a bind. Just 35.3% of workers in the metro area were back at their desks the week ended August 24th, according to card swipe data from Castle Systems. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air, and a Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Well, 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashar has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. The Mets have been a first-place team pretty much all season, but maybe not by the end of tonight. The Atlanta Braves won again, 10-9 in Oakland. They've won 26 of their last 31, and they are 85-51, and 51, and that's the same record as the Mets, who lost in Pittsburgh 8-2. Taiwan Walker gave up the first four runs, the bullpen four more, and the Mets have just their second three-game losing streak of the season. They've got a doubleheader in Pittsburgh today, and the Yankees and Twins play two of the Bronx to make up last night's rain out. Yanks are banged up. 15 players on the injured list. Anthony Rizzo just went on with migraine headaches. DJ LeMay has got a bad toe. Giancarlo Stanton just returned to the lineup and they had to leave Monday's game with an injured foot. X-rays were negative. Tampa Bay beat the Red Sox. The Red Hot Rays only four and a half games behind the Yanks. The crowd at the U.S. Open last night came out to see the American teenager Coco Goff and then the entertaining Aussie Nick Kyrgios. They both lost their quarterfinal matches. Goff fell to Caroline Garcia, straight sets, and Kyrgios in a match that ended at 1 a.m. Lost a five-setter to Russia's, Russia's Karen Kachanov. Giants getting ready for Sunday season opener at Tennessee. The concern for new Giants coach Brian Dable, Titans running back Derrick Henry. What he's done so far, he's... He's just a really good football player. I know him as a person, too. Uh, haven't met him down a few times at Alabama. i got a ton of respect for him. And as a man and, and, and certainly as a player, he's uh, he's one heck of a player. You, know, you name it, he can do it. If the Giants can upset the Titans, they'll have an over 500 record for the first time since 2016. Jets open Sunday with Baltimore, and the season kicks off tomorrow. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. 637 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. We've got Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with us on a morning where dollar strength pervades the market. I mean, it, it's not just been this morning, has it, Kriti? It's been a, an issue for a while here, the strength of the U.S. dollar. 
It really has. And this is going to hit, you know, everything from, from tech to multinational companies like PepsiCo, for example. Uh, and that's kind of where I want to go with the sector check because I'm going to really kind of piggyback on the point that Morgan Stanley's, uh, Mike Wilson made this idea that a lot of the macro is driving the trade right now as opposed to perhaps the individual fundamentals. And even on a, such a micro basis like stock movers, you're seeing that as well. The idea that the dollar is really the story as it hits once again, uh, a new record high, really driven by the weakness that you're seeing in Europe and arguably the weakness you're seeing in Asia as well. So let's take a look at some of these stocks here because what's interesting is that the first companies that it should hit, that kind of um, move should hit, are your big tech companies. Yet those are the ones that are actually catching a bid this morning. Take a look at Netflix, for example. NFLX is your ticker, up about seven-tenths of 1%, despite the fact that the broader market is actually declining. You have the likes of Apple, for example. AAPL is your ticker, up three-tenths of 1%. And the reason for this is this idea that simply you are starting to see fund flows come back into the state because perhaps that dollar strength isn't actually weighing on their bottom line the way that it uh, it did a couple of months ago and simply that perhaps it's already priced in. So that's going to be something that you want to watch going into the opening bells. Nathan, the trend has been that in the opening bells, in the first 30 minutes, American traders tend to fade any move that you're seeing uh, in, in futures right now. So really keep an eye on that. And tech tends to lead that charge. I also want to throw uh, some airline news at you, Nathan. Okay. United, UAL is your ticker. They actually came out with a letter to JFK Airport yesterday and said, you know what, we are actually going to pull out of JFK if you don't give us more operating capacity, if you don't let us Fly more planes out. Remember, this really comes down to supply chain issues that you're seeing for a lot of the airlines. Traffic controllers means that airports can't actually have that many flights go out simply because of the labor issues that are that people are dealing with here in the states. United saying, well, you know what? Figure it out, or we're bouncing. UAL is your ticker, up about uh, three tenths of a percent this morning. But I should say the shares are fading, even though it's just barely traded. So yeah. that is going to be a stock you certainly want to keep an eye on. Yeah, interesting to see another uh, news headline uh, crossing on that stock in particular with United Airlines boosting its estimate for third quarter revenue growth. Just quickly, Creedy, it looks like we could still be seeing some of this pent-up travel demand. You know, it's interesting that we say that because uh, on the one hand, there is that pent-up travel demand, but the question is, can you actually meet it? Can you mobilize it and actually make money off it? Right now, the jury's still out. certainly is. Thanks for this, Creedy. As always, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta with us this morning as we take a look at uh, futures. They're moving uh, just a bit higher than we are still seeing European stocks move lower this morning. Right now, S&P futures up six points. Dow futures up 35. NASDAQ futures are higher by 26 points. Ten-year Treasury yield right now, 3.32%. On that stronger dollar, you're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, scattered showers, low 70s today. Clearing tomorrow, upper 70s. We'll get up to near 80 in the sunshine on Friday. Right now, clouds. 66 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We are to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Modest gains in the U.S. futures right now. Dow futures up 17 points. S&P's gained three, while Nasdaq futures are up 
by 19. The U.S. 10-year-old at 3.32%. Gold is little changed. Oil is in the green. And Bitcoin is trading lower by 1%. Shanghai was a little changed overnight while European markets are posting modest losses this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30 trade balance. And at 2 o'clock, the Fed releases its beige book. In deal news, EQT to buy Marcellus gas and pipeline assets for $5 billion. And in other news, Goldman Sachs warns that stocks have yet to make a decisive low. Wrapping things up, Pinterest was raised to outperform over at Wolf. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. Karen, Steve Bannon, the one-time Trump advisor, expected to surrender tomorrow to New York authorities to face state criminal charges. California avoided blackouts for a second successive day, even as blistering temperatures pushed electricity demand to a record. The Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, planning his first trip abroad in two and a half years. According to Taz, he's going to meet with his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, in Uzbekistan next week. Sports last night, the Mets lost to the Pirates, the Red Sox lost to the Rays, the Orioles beat the Blue Jays, the Nationals lost to the Cardinals, and the A's fell to the Braves. The Giants lost to the Dodgers, and the Yankees game against the Twins. That was rained out. They're scheduled to make that up today. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. Tech Lim, NJIT's ninth president, is committed to strengthening and growing NJIT's industry partnerships to improve student opportunities and outcomes. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The monkeypox vaccine used to curb the virus may be less potent than hoped. Researchers in the Netherlands found the recommended series of shots yielded relatively low levels of monkeypox antibodies with poor capacity to neutralize the virus. Monkeypox has infected more than 50,000 people since a flare-up of the disease was reported in the U.K. in early May. Apple plans to appeal a move by Brazil to ban the sale of iPhones without battery chargers, arguing, arguing that the company has helped reduce environmental waste by not including the accessory with new devices. Apple announced in 2020 that it would stop putting chargers in new iPhone boxes, drawing outcry from some consumers. And Samsung is warning that the semiconductor industry could be in for a rocky close to 2022. A senior executive at the company said the outlook for the second half of the year is gloomy, and Samsung is not yet seeing momentum for recovery next year. Rival chipmakers have warned of slowing demand to end the year. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thanks, Karen. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. We're at 650. On Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include former Trump advisor Steve Bannon set to surrender tomorrow on new criminal charges in New York. Material on foreign nations' nuclear capabilities reportedly seized from the former president's home in Mar-a-Lago. President Biden talking Brexit with the new prime minister of the U.K. And Republicans trying to jumpstart probes into Biden's COVID response. Let's get more now on some of these stories. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us from the nation's capital. So what's this we're hearing about these new charges against Steve Bannon, Emily? 
Yeah, so Steve Bannon, the charges aren't new. They've been going on for a while. This is all about this private sector effort to support uh, Trump's 2016 campaign promise to build a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, there was this campaign that Bannon was involved in called We Build the Wall. And there are concerns uh, that Bannon uh, defrauded people who donated to the scheme, uh, that, you know, this didn't actually go to where the funding said it was going to be going. Uh, there was actually a federal, uh, Bannon was charged in federal fraud court in 2020 over this, but Trump pardoned him before he left the White House. That, of course, however, does not cover state investigations. And New York Attorney General uh, Letitia James James last year uh, was working to gather information into the probe. Uh, the latest on this is that uh, Bannon uh, is going to be surrendering on Thursday to face criminal charges in New York, uh, according to Bloomberg reporting. Yeah, interesting to point out that the uh, state charges can still be in play, even though there is a federal pardon from the former president for Steve Bannon. That kind of brings more attention to the uh, multiple investigations that former President Donald Trump continues to face. Oh, yes. And we got huge news last night uh, from The Washington Post saying that some of the documents that were found in Mar-a-Lago detail the foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. Uh, Again, Nathan, I mean, one of the big stories right now is kind of what what was in these documents? What sort of information was there? And what was the risk that someone was going to see them uh, who really did not have the clearance to do so? And, and Nathan, few people do for things of this level of security, things that involve uh, nuclear uh, data. Uh, this is something that even some senior level officials don't wind up having access to. So this is a, you know, obviously a developing story. Uh, there was also additional news yesterday Yesterday, that the courts were going to appoint a third party, that special master, to look over the documents that the FBI took out of Mar-a-Lago. Um, and, and I think there's just this huge, huge question of, you know, exactly how much danger was there potentially uh, for other folks outside those who had clearance uh, to really learn about various uh, capabilities, nuclear, military, how much was U.S. security really put at risk here? Yeah, and it was interesting in that Washington Post report to see the reaction uh, to this revelation from former President Trump's attorneys basically saying or criticizing the leak of this detail. Uh, and it raises a question about how much support the former president can continue to see uh, among other Republicans who, you know, some have said, well, maybe the former president was keeping this material at Mar-a-Lago because he was working on a memoir or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you, it's very been very interesting to see the Republican Party continue to respond to the story. When the raid initially happened, there was a lot of outrage. Now that we've started to see a little bit more about the contents of what might have been in there, you've seen that criticism become more and more subdued. And I think there's a lot of wait and see. Does he get charged with anything? What does he get charged with? To what is the extent of the issue? And how do you see that? I mean, at this point, Trump certainly still has his defense in the Republican Party. He will probably continue to to do so for some time. But I think there's a lot of questions about what, if any, charges are going to be coming and, and if that could make a difference. All right, let's turn to our current president, President Biden. He just had a call with the new leader of the U.K., Prime Minister Liz Truss. Uh, fill us in on that. 
Yeah. So Biden and Liz Truss, uh, they spoke uh, yesterday. There's a little bit of tension between the two of them. Obviously, Biden is a Democrat. Truss is more conservative. She went from being anti-Brexit to very, very strong Brexit. Um, I mean, the two leaders did discuss uh, Northern Ireland, uh, the Belfast Good Friday Agreement, and the importance of, of reaching agreements uh, with the EU on Northern Ireland. Um, and, and so at this point, there, there is kind of a, a hope uh, that they are going to be having a, a good key working relationship. Uh, but there's still lots of questions about how this might change discussions and negotiations uh, with the, the between uh, the UK and the EU over Northern Ireland uh, and how it's going to look like for the two of them going forward to continue to work on international issues, uh, cooperation on Ukraine, on China, on the Iran nuclear talks. Obviously, this is just their, their first phone call. Um, so at, at this point, I think a lot remains to be seen exactly how this relationship is going to go forward. Uh, but this is certainly a, a different uh, a different ideology of politician than than what Biden was working with with Boris Johnson. About a bit to left here, Emily, but there's a really interesting story from your colleagues at Bloomberg government about House Republicans not necessarily waiting until they maybe get control of Congress uh, to investigate the Biden administration's response to covid. Yeah, this is such an interesting story, Nathan, because what had basically happened is that there's this unique little procedural tool that Congress has called this resolution of inquiry, which the minority party Republicans can use to ask for documents and details from the Biden administration. And this tool really wasn't able to be used earlier in the year. It was one of the things that was ended uh, when some COVID protocols went into place. But now it's being brought back and Republicans are picking it up. Uh, they're asking for a number of, of data from the Biden administration, uh, such as how many tests and vaccines were purchased, as well as documents related to the oversight of the Wuhan Institute of Virology Laboratory, where there has been uh, various stories saying that the, the um that that COVID could have come from there, although at this point there are also a lot of experts who say that that that's simply not the case. Uh, but Republicans mm-hmm. have been really trying to push and figure out kind of where the origins of, of COVID have come from. Uh, and they've continued to have an interest in looking at the idea that it could have been created in a lab. Thanks for this. As always, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. You can read more on that story and all that's happening in the nation's capital, Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 is where to hear Bloomberg Radio in Washington, D.C. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.